Hey there, welcome to The Hot Slice, the weekly podcast brought to you by Pizza Today magazine. I'm your host, Jeremy White, Editor-in-Chief of Pizza Today, joined today, as always, by my wonderful and charming Executive Editor, Denise Greer. Hey, Denise. Charming this time. Hello, hello. It's sunshiny day, so I'm happy. (laughs) It is a sunshiny day. I'm happy as well, and I'm really happy about our guest today. John Arena is one of the cherished treasures in our industry. He is a bright, shining light, full of intelligence, optimism, know-how, just an all-around great guy who really understands how to make killer pizza. And so he's always fun to talk to. Yeah. And I love it because, you know, he's, he is the person that at Expo, people are like chasing him down the aisles to try to try to talk to him and kind of pick his brain. Uh, so I love that we get to sit down with him and pick his brain uh, just with us and, uh, you know, no, no distractions. And we get to just kind of learn all about what, what he has to say. So it was pretty awesome. He's got a great story. He grew up on the East Coast, uh, was part of a pizza family. His father and uncles owned, owned a pizzeria in New York, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he went west. Go west, young man. He went to Las Vegas in 1980, right as uh, Vegas was was about to, to boom. And he was in early. And he, well, I'll let him tell the story when we bring him on, but he experiments with his pizza dough and he doesn't just stick to a tried and true formula for the ages he is always playing and experimenting in an effort to get better and that's that's really really cool yeah absolutely well let's just jump right into it because it's such a great conversation yeah let's get him on uh john we've got you on the line and you are just one of the most sought after guys in the industry like people chase you down um to you know get your knowledge um you know the first thing i want to ask is you know what are the most common questions that you get from other operators or potential operators uh that you constantly uh you know have a response for typically you know, naturally, the most common questions are obsessions about dough because that's the great, that's the great uh, yeah. passion and quest of everybody in the pizza business. But you know, other than specific questions about different types of dough and fermentation and different methods and ingredients, um, I get a lot of a lot of questions from what I call semi-pros or aspiring professionals about how to make that transition from being a from being a backyard pizza maker or a family or a home pizza maker into the world of professional pizza making, which is quite different. You know, there's a big difference between making pizzas with no time constraints for your next door neighbors and your kids and making pizzas professionally day after day after day. And it's emotional and, and, and physical as well. Being able to stand there for hours at a time, you know, cranking out pizzas at full speed and then getting back up the next morning and doing it again and again and again, world without end, amen. Yeah. yeah, John, like you said, to make uh, 12 pizzas poolside for your friends versus 225 pizzas on a busy night that are all consistent and look and taste somewhat the, 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 the same, what, what is the big difference? How, how do you achieve that consistency that you have to have in a commercial setting? You know, of course, of course it's practice, but, it's, it's, but more than that, it's mindful practice and organization and understanding that there's a, you know, that there's a, there are uh, time requirements 
that that affect how what your process is. And it's really about, of course, you know, all cooking is about mise en place, having everything in place and ready to go, and having as many dress rehearsals as possible. You know, Chris Decker and I, we work together every day for the last 25 years, and we have a saying: never do anything for the first time for the first time. <laughs> I love it. I like that. You know, and and you know, some people they 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 get into making pizzas professionally, and they basically unlock the doors, and they've never done any dress rehearsals. Right. So they don't, you know, they're completely unprepared for the pressures and, and, uh, and weakness and, ex, you know, it exposes a lot. So the weaknesses that, that real commercial pressure puts on you and also the, the expectation level of somebody who's buying a pizza versus the expectation of somebody who came to your house to have a party and eating a pizza are completely di different. You know, and I think that happens a lot. You see that with food trucks where a person transitions from a, from a food truck that, you know, they, they, you know, they get great feedback from their customers uh, at their food truck and then they transition to a bricks and mortar and they're like, mm -hmm. they're in a different world. And they're saying, well, I'm making the same pizza. How come it's not resonating? Well, in a bricks and mortar, the expectation level is a lot different. Mm -hmm. The level of service has to be stepped up. The, the expectation of the quality of the product has to be stepped up. Of people eating, eating pizza out in the sun in a parking lot and talking to their friends is a lot different. You know, they it's a lot different environment than being in a, in a pizzeria where you really have to be at the top of your game every pie. Mm -hmm. And then you add no on to go and delivery on top of that and delivering a quality product uh, that's going to sit around for several minutes before it, before people consume it. Right. And that's, you know, that's a whole other world also. And you, you even see that, especially with, with the response to the pandemic, you see guys that had never done take, had never done takeout, had never pushed delivery. And they had to make this pivot on the fly, and some of them struggled with it at first. But in the end, the people that are the people that are really dedicated, they're gonna. If they were great in one in one environment, they're gonna be great in another environment. They're gonna learn how pretty quickly. Good point, John. When did you first begin experimenting with blending flours and different dough techniques? A, a lot of people find a formula that works for them and then they achieve some consistency and then they want to make no changes ever. Um, when did you take that leap of saying, okay, I've got a good consistent product that I'm happy with, but now I'm just going to experiment and play and fail and, and tinker. What made you take that step? It's, it's really a, a simple answer. My dad made me take that step because <laughs> oh, my dad, my dad and his brothers were, were partners in a pizzeria in New York. Mm -hmm. And they were kind of always butting heads because my dad, my, my uncles were, were of the mindset, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And my sure. dad has always been of the mindset, if, it's, if it ain't broke, break it and make it better. I like that. Break it, make you know? it better. So when, I, so when we moved out to Las Vegas, when my cousin and I moved to Las Vegas in 1980, we were away from, my, from the rest of my family. And my dad's influence started to come out more. And then my dad moved out a year, a year later. And con was constantly press pressing us to improve, go out and learn, travel, do all the things that that today are, are commonplace for most operators, most successful operators, but were kind of rare 40 years ago. Where pizza makers kind of stayed in their they stayed in their lane. They never ventured out and tried to make things better or tried to tried to learn things from another discipline. But my dad always has has this my and he's he's 92 years old and he's He'll call me within the next 20 minutes and have some new idea. I guarantee it. Every morning I get, you know, he gives me that call and says, like, what are we doing today? You know, so what are we doing different? How are we making it better? 
How, you know, what are we learning from yesterday? So I think, uh, you know, it's important to have that, to have what, what, you know, in Zen philosophy is called the beginner's mind. Yeah. You know, that every day you're, you're a beginner. You know, and that's why I kind of been on a tear lately about, about pizza makers who tell me after 10 years or so, well, this is getting old. You know, how does it get old if you, if you approach it as if every day is a new opportunity? Every time you touch a dough ball, a new opportunity to do something wonderful and to, to learn from what you did up to, that, up to that exact moment when you take that dough out of that, out of that tray and start to extend it. If you have that mind that, that today is different than yesterday and there's something to be learned from every experience and you bring what you've learned up to that moment to what you're doing to, and translate that, translate that into the food, it never gets old. You never get tired of it. Denise, I love the humility and more than that, the inquisitiveness, the curiosity, the I, I've done this for a long time and I'm good at what I do, but I want to get better and I want to learn something new. I want each day to be unique challenge. I love that. I don't think yeah. enough people in this industry have that. It's that thirst to be you know, a lifelong learner, right? You know, you get that. I mean, look mm -hmm. at look at some of the people that are having influence right now mm -hmm. that are relative beginners, you know, in, in a sense. Guys like, like Derek Sanchez, mm -hmm. Derek Tung, you know, guys that are always always learning, always trying to improve and bringing, bringing a, a different perspective because of their backgrounds and because of their, their you know, their own particular vision. So you get a guy like Derek who's not hasn't been making pizzas for that long, but look at the impact that guy has had. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. and then you get other people that are, you know, I just got off the phone off the phone with Brian Spangler, still always trying to improve, always trying to tweak. And this guy is one of the best pizza makers I know. Mm -hmm. He's always trying to make it better. Yeah. You know, and the, and the really great ones have that in common, and the really great ones, you know, Tony Gemignani. He sweats every pizza as if it's for his first day in business. You watch him, watch him in his restaurant. He does. And watch, he agonizes over every single detail every time. He's not walking around, you know, the best in the business, and he's not walking around saying this gets old. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Performance Food Service is proud to deliver high-quality products, innovative technology, and custom operational solutions to restaurants of all sizes across the country. The flagship division of Performance Food Group, with deep roots in the restaurant industry, Performance Food Service has been the exclusive distributor of the Roma family of brands for more than 65 years. This signature relationship has allowed Performance Food Service to become a leader in the pizza and Italian segment of food service nationwide. Figuring out how to do delivery right can be a daunting task, especially when it comes to third-party platforms and house delivery, contactless solutions, and POS functionality. Fortunately, the innovators at PDQ have developed the Delivery Toolkit app, a convenient single source that can measurably enhance all aspects of delivery while saving time, effort, and costs. Rooted in metrics, the multi-integrated PDQ Delivery Toolkit is a must-have resource for your store. Learn why at pdqdt.com or call 877-968-6430. That's 877-968-6430. If you watched the, the Last Dance on ESPN, by chance, um, the documentary about Michael Jordan and, and what led to his greatness, and it was, it was how driven he is, how he took everything personal. Everything was an affront to his greatness. Everything was a challenge to how good he was, and he took it personally, and he was going to be better than you at all costs. And that's the mentality it takes to achieve greatness. And just like you said, I see it, and all those individuals 
that you named. Uh, I'm going to get better. I'm going to climb the mountain every day to be better than yesterday. And that's, that's a great way to operate, John. I, I love that you ha still have the passion for pizza all these years later. I'll tell you a little anecdote. I was with Scott Wiener at, at Tony's place in San Francisco once, and Scott had been eating all day and just wasn't hungry anymore. And he ate, he ate some of Tony's pizza and didn't finish it. And Tony, Tony, oh. you could see he was losing his mind. And he called me afterwards and he was like, what happened? What was wrong with my pizza? And God I thought to like myself, this is, what makes, this is what makes this guy who he is. This is what makes yeah. him the best pizza maker in the country. Absolutely. That's still fantastic. Worried, still that worried. He's still, you know, he's still hungry for perfection. Yeah. As great as he is, all those accolades. And he's still watching every dish to see if there's a half a pizza crust on, left on it. And then launching an investigation to find out why. Yeah. So I'm curious right now, you know, as, as you're looking at, you know, what you're thinking about, you know, what's on your mind right now, as far as growing and learning and, and those things that you're tinkering with, you know, what, are, what are you, what are you up to right now? Uh, right now we're developing another, another pizza concept that was inspired by work that I did with, uh, with a pizza, with a chef pizza maker, who's now a pizza maker in Chicago called, his name is, Noah Sandoval, hmm. and he created he created a pizzeria called Pizza Friendly Pizza. Yeah, which I is know a, that. which is basically right now in this in this this incarnation, it's a, it's basically a window in an alleyway, and he's had tremendous success doing 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 Sicilian pizza by the slice, with you know with a real uh, artisanal. And he's a Michelin star chef, so he put that perspective into it. So I'm fascinated by how far we can take that idea. That because I, I, I don't think um, and dining's not going away, of course, but the, yeah. but, but the dining segment of our industry, I think it's going to be a while before that becomes a growth segment again. So I'm focusing on how do I how do I create the greatest takeout or walk up experience that I can possibly create. So I'm working on a project in, that will be in California that will be basically a, a walk up outdoor outdoor seating only kind of environment that takes advantage of the climate and uh, and you know how do we deliver the best possible product and a great experience I think every operator should be thinking now about how do I how do I create an experience that's in line with what my dining experience was but in a takeout format yeah mm -hmm. absolutely question. that's the challenge right now that's the key if you can pull that off right now you're in good shape yeah. right I think you have to look at it like these lifestyle variants that we saw in the past year and a half are permanent because they were mm -hmm. coming anyway. Yeah. So, you know, so you can either pretend that bury your head in the sand and pretend they're going to go away, or you can look at it and say, here's some opportunity. How do I create a great experience and control as many of the elements as I can, whether it's packaging, service style, presentation, all of the, you know, every, everything that you can have control over, you want. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be the challenge for operators. And you can see the improvements already. Yeah. People that are using products like, like the Perfect Crust liners and mm -hmm. some of the other products that are out there. I think you're going to see huge improvements in pizza boxes, in pizza transport equipment. Yeah. But that's not going away. People got used to the idea of staying in their house and the convenience mm -hmm. of ordering online. So I think you're going to see tremendous advances in 
exciting and uh, user-friendly software. Now you're going to see a combination of artisanal product and completely modern service developments. Absolutely. Yeah. How, what's the uh, the cliche, the old saying? Go. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it wrong. Something to the effect of necessity is the mother of invention, or something like that. But basically, what we're what's going to happen here is uh, innovation is going to occur out of sheer necessity right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And. You know, it's so important to not be in denial about that. Yeah, you know, we had we had these wonderful artisanal pizza makers, people like Roberto Caparuccio, Chris Bianco, Jonathan Goldsmith, who did not emphasize at one time takeout and delivery. And certainly they weren't embracing uh, frozen pizzas or or <laughs> partially baked pizzas. No, I mean, you got a guy like Chris Bianco doing amazing stuff now with 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 packaged pizza. And this is a guy that he wouldn't, at one time, he wouldn't even allow you to take your leftovers home. Right. You know? he, had no, he had no packaging in his store of any sort. Yeah. But he, but he reevaluated, he, he adapted, and now he's creating magnificent pizzas that you can finish at home. Yeah, that has been the one thing that has thrown me for the biggest loop for the number of people who, just as you described, Chris Bianco and some others I know, who I never in a million years would have believed they would have ever used the word frozen in the first place or packaged. And now they are shipping frozen pizzas or selling frozen pizzas in local grocery stores in some cases. Yeah. And it, it's an amazing change of, of business. You know, or, or even somebody like Jonathan Goldsmith with putting a pizza master oven in his, in his, in Spockanopoly. Did you ever yeah. think you're going to see anything but a wood oven in Spockanopoly? No, uh, no, never. A guy who has a family of, a family of oven builders from Naples come out with their with their tools to adjust his to adjust his custom made oven mm -hmm. is now cooking pizzas in a pizza master. Not exclusively yeah. of course. He's still yeah. doing required right. pizza, but the fact that he would even entertain that is a tremendous mm -hmm. shift. Yeah. Yeah. And of course he's still making amazing pizzas. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, you know but it, it took it took this uh, influence to change mm -hmm. his change his focus. Yeah. What kind of shifts have and adaptations have you had to make within uh, at Metro Pizza? Well, the, the transition for us was fairly simple because we were we already had mm -hmm. thirty percent of our sales was was already takeout, so it was thirty percent takeout and seventy percent dine in, and the shift was of course initially we were one hundred percent takeout, which happened almost overnight. But it actually was much easier because when you when you're doing production and you don't have to make that call of, does this one go in a box? Does this one go on a tray? Is this one for delivery? They're all takeout. It was, mm -hmm. much it was much easier for us to simplify and to go back to what our original model was, which was originally primarily takeout when we started, you know, a hundred million years ago. So, uh, so, you know, so, so for us, it was not that difficult. And what mm -hmm. we did find was that, the simplification of running a business that's strictly takeout mm -hmm. has some advantages. As long as you can produce a good product and package it correctly and stay organized, you have yeah. a lot more control over the product and over yeah. the flow of the, the flow of the business. So we went, you know, right now we're at about 20% dine-in, 80% takeout. Mm -hmm. But what's happened is our sales are our sales are almost identical to what they were pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. But our payroll wow. is significantly lower. 
Yeah. Wow. Denise, we've heard that a thousand times yeah. in the last few months, haven't we? Oh man, it's definitely kind of a theme. And I know that I've heard operators kind of uh, apologize for it. And, and I'm like, well, you're, you're, you know, you're doing well. This is, you know, this is the attribute of your business that you're able to shift and maneuver and do well. Uh, you know, you can't, you know, don't apologize for trying to excel and, and, and make your business better. Um, have you, have you seen that a little bit, John? I think that some of us that are, that are doing okay or, you know, we're, we're uncomfortable because we know yeah. that so many of our colleagues are struggling, not yeah. necessarily pizzerias that are struggling, but, but our, our restaurant, our restaurant colleagues and other segments of yeah. the, industry, the food service industry, yeah. you certainly don't want to gloat about it. Yeah. But you know, if, if you feel that way and, and you should, you know, you should be thankful for the fact that you're, that you're in that position, but you know, help the others. Yeah. Help the ones that are not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, Vegas, you, Vegas got hit hard. <laughs> Your market. And we're gonna we're gonna be hit hard for for some time. You know, yeah. the big setback for us, of course, we have an airport unit that's shut down mm-hmm. because there's not a, there's, that terminal is not open right now, and yeah. we have a we have a, a unit coming up online in the convention center. <sighs> so um, so we were supposed to, you know, we'll be uh, ready for Expo. We're ready to open right now, but there are no conventions. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, we're excited to be able to eat your pizza again. I don't know. And people <laughs> yes, probably don't here. know this, but the day before we open up the show floor, we, we sit down as a, as a team um, of Expo staff, and we just scarf down on so much pizza, <laughs> so much your pizza. Thank you. That's kind of become a, a tradition. My partner yeah, sets yeah. that up with Bill. And we've always provided pizzas. We always look forward to it. You know, it's we know it's probably the last unharried meal that you guys are going to get for several days. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, most years, Denise, we are watching the NCAA basketball tournament as we eat John's pizza. But obviously, yeah. that will not be the case this year, as that tournament happens in March and Pizza Expo obviously is not happening in March this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. but it is always a good watching, time, John. You'll be watching baseball, so that'll be cool. That, that that's that's my favorite sport so i'm always happy to watch baseball <laughs> yeah i'll i'll be glad to watch watch baseball and eat uh, all the pizza in in the world what's you know what's something you're looking forward to um with expo this year john of course everybody everybody is looking forward to being together again you know that amazing gathering of the tribes and and those happy collisions that take place in the aisles of the, of the expo i think mm-hmm. that's the thing that the operators are missing most, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's naturally there's, there's incredible educational opportunities and an opportunity to see new equipment and try new products. But more than anything, I think that the, this next expo is going to be, uh, it's going to be a love fest for the, for the operators. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And I think, that, you know, I'm hearing from people every, every day. It's like, is it going to happen? You, you know, we're mm-hmm. really going to do this, you know, and, Everybody wants to be together again. So when it does happen, yeah. I think it's you know there's going to be this tremendous outpouring and and uh, uh, amped up appreciation of the fellowship of, of pizza making. Absolutely, you know, that's really what it is. You know, we you know we don't want to make the mistake of calling it a brotherhood. It's a fellowship. There's so many, there's so much diversity in the pizza industry now more than ever. You know, and that's yeah. the most exciting thing that I've seen is. Pizza has has led the way in in 
being an example of what happens when you when you welcome everybody. Yeah, I would agree. And, and, well and, said, John. You know, and Expo has been at the forefront of that. Expo has been has been the the uh, the showcase of the diversity and adaptability of pizza. I agree. Very well said. I really appreciate your time today, John. I think that you probably need to take a call from your father to figure out what you need to do today to uh, to run your business a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got his daily punch list for me. Oh, that's good. Okay. Go, go figure out how to make the pizza better today. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm really grateful for it. So thank you. All right. Thank you so much, John, thank for coming you. on the show. We really appreciate it.